welcome back to another episode of the Castle Collective. And we have got such a fun topic for you and a fantastic smaller collective. I think even with three of us, I think we're still a collective, but uh, we're super thrilled to have uh, the man who pretty much owned Disneyland through the 90s. Nick at night. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I wish I owned Disneyland. I'd have some <laughs> a very different lifestyle. How about that? Uh, yeah, that's for sure. And of course, we call her Sea Shelly because she was on the Disney Seas uh, working on the cruise ships and just got back from a Disney cruise. Sea Shelly, welcome back. Thank you. And indeed. And Nick, I, I can't believe we didn't run into each other in the 90s <laughs> at Disneyland, actually. Oh, we, we might have. I'm sure we, we did. just didn't know we did. Yeah, for, we could have. We sure. could have all walked past each other, except for you guys would have said, "Who's that old guy pushing the stroller?" So, uh, <laughs> because I already had kids in the '90s, but that's neither here nor there. So, first off, we got to get a little trip report. See, Shelley, tell us about your amazing weekend at sea. Gladly. So. I was able to embark the Disney dream over President's Day weekend, and as luck would have it, there was a cruise that weekend, and it was a three-day weekend, and as I am a teacher, I got some uh, permission or forgiveness for taking the Friday before (laughs) so that I could run off on this cruise. Um, My wife hasn't had a break in a real long time. She, She works for UPS and was real clogged up during the holidays. So I bet. we decided to get away. And so we met on Disney Cruise Line working there in 2012. Um, and we both resigned in 2013 and us had been back since then. So several years have transpired of me just kind of watching my old co-workers and their adventures on Facebook and missing it uh, pretty much on a daily basis, I almost would say. But there are perks to land living. However, getting back on that ship was amazing. Uh, you know, it's an interesting experience right now. Disney is, of course, on the the top of the list of places that are very good with their requirements, their health requirements at this time. So, um One perk of that, as maybe people have experienced with the parks in the last couple of, I guess not couple of years, but maybe year and a half-ish, is there is less capacity. Um, Mm. There are masks all the time, though, and you do have to be vaccinated and then also tested before you get on the ship. Mm. The crew members are abundant, something that was (laughs) awesome and also funny for me just knowing what it's like to be a crew member and you know how you're cha- trained with the Disney service guidelines and everything. And you got to say hi to everybody and make eye contact and everything. And there are probably two guests per crew member right now on the ships. So wow. you're walking and somebody says, hello, how was your day? Good morning. How are you doing? I hope you're having a great time. Five feet later. Hi, how are you? Where are you off to? What do you do? And it, it was, it's amazing because Disney is great in that way. And it also made me giggle because I just thought, wow, I am the same happiness. Um, but it's excellent. Uh, we got to go to NASA, which we have experienced several times. So we did not just enjoyed the beautiful Disney dream who did a dry dock, I believe in 2020. So they do have some updates. There are updates to the kids spaces, which particularly intrigued me as that is the department that I worked in. So there's a whole star Wars room in the Oceaneers lab. And there's a Marvel area. Now they are doing for those interested with families and who have maybe experienced Disney cruise line before It is very different when it comes to the kids' spaces and activities at this time. You used to be able to just check your kid in anytime, check them out whenever, as long as it was before it was closed, and they could run amok. Um, And we had pretty much no capacity rules. And now that could not be more different. So they do a reservation system. It's all through the app, which that was even new for me. You know, the parks are that way now, of course. And the cruise line has has jumped on board. <laughs> Get it. Uh, but they I like it. Yeah. They have a navigator app now. So, um, 
you know, you're, you're booking yourself for different things that way, which I think is great there. I'm all for saving paper or saving trees, yeah, something sure. like that. But so yeah, the kids spaces are all reservation only now, and they have a capacity rule and you can only go for about an hour and a half or two and a half hours. Those are the booking timeframes and the kids kind of travel around in little packs with counselors Fun. from activity to activity. So it's not, not as much free reign anyway. So for families that are just interested in that. I'm not sure if that will change or not, but it is very interesting. And then, uh, of course we got to experience castaway key, which is my favorite place maybe on earth. Um, Mm, I did randomly burst into tears, like, I don't know, 17 times on the three days of the cruise, just memories, smells, tastes, things that I love. love Um, I don't know. There's nothing better than being on the open sea, in my opinion. But and Castaway was awesome. Glorious weather, beautiful, wonderful crew members, lots of fun. We did the aqua trike. We rode bikes. I got to eat my uh, veggie burger patty with melted cheese on it and A1 sauce. I did ask special for that. They thought I was crazy, but I let them know that (laughs) that was my specialty that I would make on crew beach. And they did it for me. And that was one of my moments of bursting into tears. So all um, came back. It all came back. Oh, Shelly, that's so I just, awesome. you know, I love it personally, but I am just here to say as much as I love, I love Disneyland so much. And I, I grew up there. I've been there hundreds and hundreds of times and I love and worked for Disney world, but I just think there's no better family vacation than a Disney cruise. And I, I state that as my factual opinion. <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to get any arguments from Nick. And if, uh, you know, if Skipper Rob was here, he wouldn't argue either. I struggle because I've never been on a Disney cruise. So my time will come, but uh, it all sounds just wonderful. And by the way, the way you're describing uh, all of the cast members, I'm picturing you walking on board and it's the opening scene from Beauty and the Beast that you're just walking like, bonjour, good day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is what happens. And by uh, the way, that is the show that is on the Disney Dream right now is Beauty wonderful. and the Beast musical. Um, and that's something that's different, too. If For anybody who's cruised, there's usually a different show every night. Not the case right now because they have to spread you out. So every other row and then like three seats between each family. So in order to make sure that everybody gets a chance to see the one show that's happening on a three night cruise, it runs uh, each of the nights. And so that's pretty much the only, the only option of entertainment right now. I know that's something that'll change. You know, there's little things we're all experiencing this with the parks and the cruises and just everything trying to get back to what is normal, what we're going to keep, what's going to go, what's going to go back to what it was before. And I don't know. I mean, I think that leads us a little bit into uh, this episode, maybe. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that was somewhat the catalyst. And But Nick, uh, since we last recorded, you've had your own Disney adventure. Tell us about uh, your trek to Disneyland with the missus. Oh, well, actually, we we have that planned. We actually haven't gone yet. Um, we did, we did California adventure last year. Oh, that's right. No, no, no. You went on a cruise. I went to Disneyland. We were actually on the same flight. Yeah. I was thinking you guys went to Disneyland on that trip. That's right. No, No, you went on a cruise, but not a Disney cruise. It was not because as much as I love Disney, I can't always afford Disney. No, I know it is not cheap. That's for sure. So it's shameful. And and again, that leads us into this episode. Leads us into this discussion. (laughs) I I will quickly jump on. And I was thinking about it, Nick, because seriously, it was really funny. Uh, I got to the airport. I was flying out to Long Beach on business and, uh, and walked up to the the gate and there was Nick and Heidi. <laughs> oh, Hey guys. I totally <laughs> forgot. They had told me they were flying. We were on the same plane and then we went and sat down and they were one row behind me. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I will really quickly just cover that. Uh, I did get to spend a glorious, wonderful day at Disney world about a week and a half ago, uh, two weeks ago, something like that by myself. I was out there for a trade show and, did three parks in one day, got to ride the new Ratatouille ride, which was awesome. I did get to ride uh, Mickey's Runaway Railroad again, which still just blows my mind and rode all the goods, all the good stuff. So I it had was a- masterful to watch your ability to get through three parks and <laughs> get on some really great attractions. Yeah, good work. I thank you. Thank you. I worked the system. I did 
Genie Plus. The only ride I paid for was uh, Runaway Railroad, um, but otherwise I had the regular uh, Genie Plus, and and I did stay on site, so I did get to go a half hour early. So I actually rode uh, Tower of Terror and uh, Rock and Roller Coaster like right away, like as soon as the park opened, and that started me off on a good day. But yeah, hitting three parks in in one day was pretty darn fantastic and had a really, really nice time. So good, good stuff. Uh, well, this leads us, like uh, Shelly was saying, into our topic today, and that's that, uh, and, and a lot of what sparks this. So we have a Castle Collective uh, chat group, a messaging group that uh, I love, by the way, even if we didn't have a podcast, I would want it. And I hate group text. I hate it. I've removed myself from my own family's group text. But for some reason, I love the Castle Collective group text. And we often share things with each other and share Disney news and all kinds of stuff. And one of the articles that was shared uh, was just about, or it wasn't even an article. Heather shared it with us that uh, it was somebody's video about how he's kind of done with Disney and uh, the magic is gone and it's overly crowded and you have to pay for everything now. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people have that sentiment right now. It's an e- easy one to have. And I'm not going to say they're wrong. I've had to come to grips with it myself, uh, figuring out all the new whatever it is. I had to figure that out once I spent uh, boatloads of cash on uh, two magic keys of the top level and then couldn't get a reservation for the park for a month, but they fixed that. And so, but what we're going to talk about is the parks are just busting. They are bursting at the seams and even though they may or may not, they won't release as to whether or not they're up to hundred percent capacity. They're packed. They got a lot going on and the rides have long, long lines and we know they're trying to do a lot. I've fallen in love with Genie Plus because the the one time at Disneyland and then the one time at Disney World I used it, I thought it was fantastic. Really helped out my day. I thought it was a great benefit. But uh, it led us to talking on the group chat about, is it time for Disney to open another door? And before we jump into what the the new gate would be, I guess gate is a better word than door, a new gate, a new theme park. And before we jump into it, if you want Disney entertainment, let's try to kind of name the different things you can do. Disneyland in California has two parks. Disney World has four parks and two water parks. Uh, And they used to have a virtual park, I guess, with Disney Quest, but that is gone now. Uh, there is the Disney home in Marceline. There is the Disney family museum in San Francisco, which yes, Shelly, you've been to that. I have a couple times and I was really hoping that you were going to say that on your list. Cause I was going to make sure I mentioned it. Yes. If not, because it is fabulous. It is actually in some ways I prefer it even to Disneyland. It is it is so chock full of everything Disney. And when I went, they had a special separate ticketed thing uh, of Mickey Mouse. And it was all artists from all over the world doing their renditions of Mickey Mouse and his history. And, and it's, you know, it's in Golden Gate Park, which is just beautiful. Anyway, I'm from the Bay Area. That's where I grew up. I grew up 45 minutes from Golden Gate Park. So the Walt Disney Family uh, Museum is awesome. In the Americas, am I missing anything? And there's obviously, you know, Disneyland Paris and Hong Kong and and uh, Shanghai and Tokyo. But I think that's it for Disney, actual Disney attractions in America. Is that right? Well, it depends on how you define attraction. I mean, they've now got the new Star Wars cruiser thing. That's it's kind of an attraction. Oh, and I would argue. Yeah, that- I, I would say that's part of Disney World, though. Okay, it's a hotel, right? I mean, it's well, even though got, yeah, you've got the hotel resort in Hawaii. Oh Alani. yeah, Alani. Alani. That's Good true. Call. We should no, count you're Alani. Spot on, yeah. absolutely right. And the cruise ships, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But then also there is uh, what's the name of the theater in L.A.? Um, well, there's the the oh Disney- yeah. The, the the orchestra the music place. yeah the, the music well, there's, hall. there's there's disney music hall 
Disney but there's there's yeah. also Disney has their own theater um, uh, right across the street from Grauman's Chinese Theater. Oh, they do uh, where they do all the premieres. Yes, and I know that because what, was it previously the Kodak? No, it was. It's across it's- the street from the Kodak. Hmm. Maybe uh, I don't have a browser open. Maybe one of you can look up what the. I, I can't. I, I I have Pantages stuck in my head. It's not the Pantages, not the but Pantages. it's a beautiful theater that Disney purchased years ago. So uh, one of my favorite vacations ever, and my son and I were literally just talking about it because he was just watching Tron Legacy. They did a uh, a Tron anniversary special about four years ago, and I flew out with my son. We've already talked about my tremendous love of Tron. Shelley, not so much. That's okay. I understand. But my son and I flew out and at this theater, they showed the original Tron. Then they had Bruce Boxleitner who played Tron as well as the original uh, director of the original Tron. They had them both on stage doing questions and answers. Then they showed Tron Legacy afterward. And it was awesome. It was so cool. Are you thinking of the El Capitan Theater? El Capitan. Thank you very much. Yes. Yep. Good so job. Disney Nick. Disney owns El Capitan. So that yes. is technically. And they have an another... El Capitan in DCA as well. On right. Yes. Yes. So so El Capitan shows Disney premieres and always has Disney films playing and they do events there. And actually, if you check, if you're going to be in LA, it's worth checking out El Capitan uh, because they'll do like uh, they'll do like a Bambi special and they'll have a, they'll have a naturist come in. And they'll like be talking about deer and you can take their photo opportunities. They're always doing special stuff. But that Tron thing was one of the highlights of my life. So, all right. So, but really what we're talking about today, I guess we could talk about anything else that Disney could open because people cannot get enough Disney. So uh, I'll just throw it out there. I've got my own kind of list of some ideas, but uh, we're going to talk about where you would put it, what kind of attraction it would be and and uh, how that might ease up maybe some of the traffic in some of the parks. Uh, Shelly, what, what, where, where, where'd your mind go with this? So, I, I mean, I've been just dreaming, I suppose, for years that, that this would happen. And probably there's a lot of people out there that do. Um, it seems like it's got to be something that they're thinking about, right? At least, at least somebody's popping around ideas. Well, we know they've had they've had three or four that have not happened. I mean, they had Long Beach was announced uh was that Worldcott uh was announced okay. for Long Beach and then Long Beach said, "No, we don't want that. We can't have that." And it ended up falling apart, but that was supposed to be basically oh no, sorry, Westcott, not Worldcott. Westcott was supposed to be Epcot uh oh, right on the Long Another Beach part. Harbor. Okay. Yeah, where basically where the Spruce Goose and the uh, what else is out there? The Queen Mary. Queen Mary. Right yeah. right there. Disney had bought the property and everything, or at least was going to. And then Westcott got shut down. So, I mean, they they have. And then they had the, the ski yeah. resort at one point that they were going to do, um, which the ski resort was where all the animals from America Sings were inspired from. But. So they, they've definitely thought about is what I'm saying. So, yeah, well, and something in Long Beach would almost be an addendum to Disneyland a little bit. I mean, I really think we literally need something in the middle, right? Because we've got both coasts going on Disney World in Florida, Disneyland in California. And I mean, to me, and I know we talked about this in our texting group, and this is always kind of what I've thought is why in the world do we not have a Disney park in Texas yet? Right. And I think just because, you know, it's one of the only places that they could logically deal with weather. Um, but it is in the middle. I mean, it's not necessarily considered middle America, but you could still kind of go with that theming because it is in the middle of the mm-hmm. two other areas. And it just seems as though there's demand for it. I mean, we've gone from, there's gosh, demand. I miss the old, I miss the old fast pass system, of course, but again, I'm all for saving the trees. So it's fine that we don't get the little papers. And I even liked the, the fast pass system on phones. Um, and now of course they've gone to the, well, we went through a COVID time of just long lines, you know, with no system. And then now they've got the Disney plus, but it's just like, 
and the reservation system. And it seems like they're consistently scrounging and prices are going up and people just still really want to go. Like they don't have right. enough room. And to me, the best answer is just spread people out here in the USA and get yeah. something going in Texas. I mean, Austin comes to mind just you know, somewhere outside of Austin where there's some land, we know Texas is big, right? So there's gotta be at least some land somewhere. Um, you know, they could even find enough land, even if they could find enough land for a third of the resorts that they have in, in Florida. Um, I don't know. I think it, I think it could do well. I thought also of like a New York theme. I don't know that upstate New York would really work with weather, but even if they went for Texas or somewhere in the middle, more of like a, you know, how there's New Orleans Square in California and there's the Liberty Square in Florida. Maybe we go for like a Disney Times Square or something <laughs> for for another theming and the Big Apple Times Square, you know, just another another America iconic theme. But I don't know. I'd go Texas. And to me, I'm just thinking, why haven't we done it yet? So let's go back to Texas. If you were to suggest a park in Texas which you and I are 100% aligned on that. Um, if you were to suggest a park there, would you take one of the existing parks and recreate it there? Or do you have an idea for a completely different park? Would it be a hybrid? Do you have any ideas as to what would go there to help with our I mean, efforts? I think we still need, you know, your, your Magic Kingdom Disneyland equivalent park you know whether that's just kind of a and i know that i haven't been to many of the others outside of the country i have been to disneyland paris twice that's the only other one i've gone to and even with the wonderful paris theming you're still walking essentially into a disneyland park as far as a main street and a castle and similar lands and similar rides and i think you have to to do that to pull some of the crowds and draw the people just as, as California and Florida do beyond that. Um, yeah, something of a, something of a New York city theme, maybe. Um, I, I was thinking maybe some kind of park that's a little bit more like highlighting national parks in, mm. in the United States. Um, just with it being sort of in the middle of the United States, maybe you pull in the different, national parks in different states and kind of make something out of that but i don't know i mean i haven't my brain hasn't gone much further than that yeah other than just we need more i'll throw out two thoughts on texas one i think the right place is maybe just outside of houston uh houston is a big enough airport and has the support you know they have and they have major sports in houston dallas is another option but Dallas is pretty crowded and traffic already and everything is is rough. Not that Houston isn't, but uh, Houston can accommodate a lot of people. And there's a lot of land just outside of Houston. My thought for um, my thought for a park, first of all, I agree. I think they need to have a magic kingdom. I think that without a magic kingdom, you know, people don't go. And maybe it's called mm-hmm. something completely different because you got Disneyland. You have the magic kingdom and, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's just called happy magic or whatever it's called, but it's got its own name. And maybe you bring in some attractions. All right. Happy magic. is not my best work. Mitch, who's <laughs> laughing. I, uh, you'll come up with a better name. Okay. Texas Disney. I don't know. Yes. We just go the yes. route that all the other ones are Shanghai Disney. Hong so, Kong Disney. So they would have a magic kingdom, but you could bring in attractions. I mean, this is what they've done. Like, if you think about the fact that uh, in in Orlando, you know, there's some interchangeable stuff, right? There's some stuff that for sure is only in one place. But, you know, whereas we have, I guess, Tower of Terror at DCA, there's, well, now Guardians, but there is Tower of Terror over in, in uh, Hollywood Studios. And different parks can borrow from different things, I'm sure. Um But my thought is that they would need to open two gates at once and just having a magic kingdom, I don't think is enough of a draw, but not having a magic kingdom is not an option. And so you're talking about a massive price tag. However, 
my thought is that they could do in uh, in Texas a frontier land that is just frontier land. Mm-hmm. So the entire park is devoted to frontier land. Now we know that Disney is going to want to do nothing but IP. So basically you don't even have a frontier land in the magic kingdom slash Disneyland park in Texas, but then your second gate would be all IP driven. Uh, and maybe you've got a couple things like, uh, like big thunder mountain could be over in that second park. Uh, but generally you look at, you know, toy story, a toy story land, but all about Woody and cowboys, not buzz Lightyear. And then you've got, you know, anything, anything Western, everything Western that is also Disney would be over there. That's my thought because it's Texas, you know, I do think it needs to have its own, its own flavor, you know, is, is my thought. The other thing is, you know, I, Harry Potter has its own land. It's, it, it has its own theme park in Florida. The wizarding world of Harry Potter is its own park. I think in Texas, you could do a Marvel or a Star Wars theme park, mm-hmm. not Galaxy's Edge, not Avengers Campus, but legitimately the entire park is either Marvel or it's, uh, you know, or it's Star Wars. Nick? Well, I, I am totally understanding the idea of doing something in Texas because like Florida, there's still a lot of land and it's one of the few parts of the country that probably has it at an affordable price. Upstate New York, as much as that sounds wonderful, I don't see that happening economically. That doesn't seem as feasible, but there are my, some affordable parts of like up just past Rochester. I mean, I guess that's more <laughs> central north, but well, I guess the point being is is Disney's mindset after he got into Anaheim was we need to go bigger. We can't constrain our ideas by geography. And it feels like Texas might be the one of the few places left in America that makes that a viable option. I mean, there's always mm. middle of Nevada, but nobody's going to go there. But the, the, <laughs> the thought of, of Houston, my only concern with outside of Houston would be that the Gulf Coast tends to have weather, weather issues um, that make it a little less attractive. Nick, I again, hate I hate to interrupt. We knew this was going to happen. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> but we, pred- oh, we predicted this. Oh, my gosh. It. Coming to us, coming <sighs> to us live from Dubai. From- Dubai. From Dubai, Skipper Rob. Hey, I just woke up and I saw that we're having a show tonight. <laughs> Skipper Rob is in Dubai. Rob, I swear to you, before we started, we said, because yeah. it's it's me, Shelly, and Nick who are on. And I swear yes. I said, I will not be surprised at all if Rob calls in from Dubai. <laughs> Here we are. Here tell we us, are. Tell yes. us what you're doing in Dubai. Well, it's uh, morning here in Dubai. I've been here for the last two or three days uh, for an exotic wedding planners conference. And so I was the master of ceremonies for this event. It's been a wonderful event. We had our award show last night. And so today, um, it is my hope to go to the World Expo. And I think it's appropriate for this podcast because where did, get, where did Walt Disney Expo his new rides and attractions? Yes. Yeah, at the World's Fair. World Fair, yep. That's where it all started. Yeah. Rob, I am so like I, I am amazed. And you know what? Shame on anyone else who cannot make it to this podcast when Rob is <laughs> from that is phenomenal. Rob, we're so glad you're on. Well, feel free to chime in and leave when you need to, but uh yeah. Nick was Nick was telling us about uh things getting bigger, but you Nick, you you just said the one problem we're talking about putting a park in Houston. One problem with the Gulf Coast. I think I know where you're going with this. It's hurricanes. Well, just weather in general is is going to be problematic. That being said, Hong Kong gets a fair amount of rain too. So yeah, they get typhoons. Yeah, so it's not like they can't make it work. But Houston won't be subsidized by the Chinese government, so there might be some <laughs> of that not happening. Yeah. But, 
I, I think that, again, the upside of, of Texas in general, whether it's Houston or otherwise, is that you do have wide open and, and it's somewhat more approachable and affordable. The one, I, I almost want to say the one thing that I would be very curious to see if it, if it actually impacted um, pulling people from the other parks, because that's kind of what we're talking about, right? It's yeah. Giving some space and, and curating those dollars is how much people actually like to vacation to the coasts. Um, a lot of middle America gets away from middle America. Uh, there's not too many people that vacation to middle America. And so if this is a vacation thing, it would have to present something really special. And I almost wonder if maybe that the approach to this isn't a magic kingdom, you know, clone as much as it is. You have essentially a best of Disney, anything. So you could pull, you could pull from Texas or from Tokyo Sea. You could pull from Paris. You could pull from any of the parks and take your best of rides and give people a reason to go to Texas instead of those other places because they might be able to experience something that would require quite a bit more sacrifice to get to, and and may not be as approachable. I, I could see a best of Disneyland that would work in Texas. Yeah. Rob, did you uh, do you have any thoughts on where uh, a new gate could open and what it would be? And now are we talking about in the United States or anywhere? Uh, we're talking about primarily U.S., I would say, just because what we're trying to do is get get the crowds down just a little bit in Orlando and California. Yeah. But if I you mean, want that's... one somewhere else, if you think it'll draw crowds away, fire away. We'll, yeah. we'll hear anything. Well, you know, they, they had about three different parks that they wanted to do. They wanted to do one in St. Louis inside it yeah, the American like indoor mall. Yeah. Yep. And then you had, uh, they wanted to do a, a, a I think it was maybe Colorado or mineral, a, in the mineral Springs. Yeah. Yep. And then, okay, here we go. Sean's two for two. Then they were going to do one in DC. Do you remember this one? Yeah, the DC is actually the America one. That was the one that was going to be the the uh, town square and and uh, the history of America and Revolutionary War and everything. Right. So you got them all. Yeah. So um, so here's the thing: is I don't know if we need another one in the United States. I know we want to draw away from what they're what's going on in the other parts of the world. I think it's just I think just keep building parks in those same parts. As far as what I would like to see is Dubai. Uh, they were there was going to be one here, and Dis- there was going to be a Dubai Disneyland. It just never. I think it just didn't materialize. Like they they had renderings, they had grand ideas for it. It just didn't happen, and so. But it would make sense here in Dubai because you're now attracting you know Africa and parts of Asia. It's just like it's just untapped here, right in the middle of the the world. So yeah. It, but the problem with Dubai, uh, the summers are just horrendous. It's just yeah, like the heat. It's perfect. The heat. Yeah, it's perfect right now. Um, I did go to a park called Motion Gate where they had these indoor pavilions, which were amazing. And uh, they had this DreamWorks pavilion, which is one of the coolest things. So if they could replicate something like that, and I've talked about this in California Adventure creating a Pixar pavilion. Right. If they had something like that here in Dubai, I think it would just be amazing. But is there a standard when it comes to those parks? Like, do we have to replicate a magic kingdom type park here in Dubai? Right. With a castle. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. That's the question. You know, And I think, I mean, my gut says, yeah, I, just because that that's been, the standard and maybe I'm pulling my, maybe it's pulling my heartstrings a little bit, but also even watching on Disney plus all of the behind the scenes on the, the castle episode of all the different ways they've gone about the castle. And I just, I think that is an icon, a castle of some sort that you do need no matter where you decide to go with a Disney park. So what if for, what if for Dubai, instead of Mickey mouse, it was all Donald duck. And you just called it Dubai by Birdie. Is there okay, no, yeah, yeah. no one? Wow. Anyone? Is anyone with me? No. Rimshot. Okay. 
Sorry about that. Yeah. All right. My sound effects. Uh, I mean, if we go that way, we might as well do the Caballeros in Texas or something, you know, that's justice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we already have a three Caballeros ride in, in Florida, but mm-hmm. right, I'm going to, I'm going to change gears here and I'm going to throw out another one that, uh, that I have that Nick, I think a would love and B would bring up the same, uh, storm warning. And that's, that's a lot of the tricky part of it, but I think in new Orleans, Actually, just outside of New Orleans, there's plenty of Disney has a rich history of turning swampland into uh, gold. So New Orleans, there was there was a rumored villains park. And at one point there were plans for an entire villains park. And and a lot of people speculate and some people from Disney claim it's not even speculation. Uh, The Anaheim Garden Walk has really struggled and it is kitty corner to Disneyland and it's a pretty large piece of property and it's been up for sale a couple times. And uh, there are lots of Disney people who have said, I've sat in meetings where that we've talked about it and Disney's going to buy it and Disney's going to open another gate there. Um, that would, that would be a great place for a villain park, but you think about new Orleans and new Orleans has the dark, spooky, beautiful, you know, kind of that history. And if they were to do a villains park, you know, I, I just think where it really was like the villains are almost the heroes that you're going to see there kind of a dark spooky park. I think that could draw a lot of people. Nick, I say you would love it because you are a former resident of new Orleans. What, what do you think about that? Well, I obviously the town has a, a very special place in my heart and the same thing would be true, yes, weather-wise, but I think it would also be true with whatever park you're talking about in the South, that yeah. it needs to have a castle, it needs to have something. But can you imagine how an epic a Haunted Mansion ride would be if they actually built it in New Orleans? That would probably have to be just this, the biggest, most elaborate Haunted Mansion ride in any of the parks. So what if you opened two gates at once and you called it uh, Disney Hero Park and Disney Villain Park? And so you could two gates just and have them facing just like California Adventure and Disneyland. So in one day, you know, you could go to both with a promenade in the middle, but you've got the Hero Park, which you'd have the castle, which you'd have, you know, the hero kind of always wins kind of a thing. And then you could walk right across to the villain park where maybe, you know, maybe it's not the heroes always even winning. Like uh, maybe you've got some sort of different attractions. You could put pirates in the villains park for that matter, you know, put haunted mansion over there. So you're kind of splitting out Disneyland and splitting out. It's for that matter. You could put a Matterhorn in the villains park, you know, and have uh Harold be one of the villains, but I just love the idea of a hero park and a villain park and, uh, you know, two, two separate attractions. You know, like you mentioned before that in Texas, you could do a frontier land as a whole park. You could do new Orleans square as a whole land with, you mentioned some of those rides, haunted mansion pirates. Now you're going to have princess and the frog and you've got the river boat. That's actual. You could be on the river. I mean, if you could attach it to somehow to, the actual Mississippi River, that would make it pretty impressive. But the thing that most people don't readily recognize about most of Louisiana is that it is incredibly flat. If you put a Matterhorn, you would see it from like 50 miles away. <laughs> there is nothing else happening. So that firework show, if you had a firework show at night, everybody would see it every from everywhere. It would, there's a joke in this New Orleans zoo that they have a mound of dirt that's 12 feet high, and it is the highest point in New Orleans. (laughs) That's hilarious. It's it's just one of those things where I think you'd have to figure out a way to embrace the flatness of Louisiana, Mm -hmm. but also provide a park that feels isolated. And I think that was one of the, the challenges of Anaheim as time went on was feeling that isolation, even with the encroaching 
you know, hotels and all that other stuff. This would be that everybody would see it. And there, there would be a very, um, I don't know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, I think thing. it's great. I mean, when I pull into uh, Anaheim, I love it. I love being able to see, you know, when I'm driving by, and even if I see the, the backside of Cars Land or whatever, I'm thrilled. So yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting idea. Louisiana is one that could do it. The other one that came to mind was somewhere like Hilton Head, but Hilton Head and South Carolina is so close to Orlando, you know, that there's you're not gonna get as big of a draw unless they were to do like an Aulani, you know, an Aulani style. And maybe that's it. Maybe Hilton Head or somewhere along those beaches could have an Aulani style beach resort with attractions as well. So you're paying to go to a park. Maybe it's an all-inclusive park slash whatever. Can you imagine how much it would cost to stay at an all-inclusive Disney resort? <laughs> no. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I, this, she I don't just like went the cruise, on though. Yeah, I was going to say the cruise is essentially that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you look at how much just Alani costs without paying for any food at all. And uh, I think that would even trump the uh, the cruise itself. Rob, any other thoughts? What do you think? Well, um, it's really interesting just hearing the speculation. We have like all the dreams in the world to do these fabulous things. I think New Orleans makes sense just because of all those different ties to it. Um, last time I went to Disneyland, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's just so odd. And that pirates have been <laughs> romanticized by Disney, right? <laughs> and we talk about it, it's like it's the spirit of adventure. I get it, but also at the same time, I'm like, imagine in a hundred years, the the ISIS of the Mid East, right? Like, wouldn't that be weird, right? They were the terrorists of their time. So, <laughs> I think you have to like, get past it. I also, exactly. yeah, no, that's true. You know, especially the scene where they're drowning a guy. And then his wife is telling him not to be a chicken. Don't tell him, yeah, Carlos. Don't be a chicken. <laughs> don't Just be give chicken. him the information. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's well, so romanticized. To, it's they, funny. It's goofy. Would they have people whatever. waterboarding? Would that is that yeah. what it would be? <laughs> yeah, they're waterboarding, they're tearing down relics. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's just interesting, but I love the idea of a villain's park, and that was something that was going to be developed in. Um, Orlando there's also the the magical land that we missed out on that would be a great part of addition to this villains park was the beastly kingdom at animal Kingdom, right yeah which never came to be yeah imagine taking some of those ideas and putting into that park so you got villains you got beastly kingdom like how cool would that be to have some stuff that's just fantastical as well when animal kingdom first launched their logo had outlines of all the animals and the very last one was a dragon i mean it was full-on beastly kingdom was going to be well first of all it's going to be its own park but secondly then it was going to be a, a section of animal kingdom was going to be beastly kingdom and yeah i think that's a fun idea is does anyone believe that some type of snow park could be built like is there a case to be made for you know up in a mountain somewhere that uh there's maybe legitimately tobogganing but also maybe some indoor stuff and some rides i mean that was mineral springs and i'm sorry if i'm getting that name wrong we probably have listeners who are going it wasn't called mineral springs but to the best of my recollection it was called mineral springs was uh disney wanted to build a ski resort an actual ski resort but that would have animatronics and shows and and all kinds of attractions there, uh, you know, is that, is that too high concept and too difficult to run? Or does anyone think that, that uh, Disney could, could pull that off effectively? I think it'd be great. Honestly. I mean, maybe not a whole park, but you just go with similar, how we've talked about Alani. We just, you know, perhaps go that route where it's more of a, instead of a beach resort, a snowbird resort. I mean, I think Disney, Disney can make anything themed how they want. And that that's something that I've been thinking as you've been tossing around ideas about different parks is and that's why I say maybe a, 
a national park focus and instead of a world showcase like Epcot, it's a national park showcase. And I say that because Disney can Disneyfy any sort of theme. They don't necessarily True. need their movies and their characters and everything to infiltrate everything. I mean, I love all that stuff, but just even going to any kind of resort, no matter what the theme is, if Disney owns it and they're the ones imagineering it, it's going to be amazing. Yep. I mean, it's like, I haven't been to Alani yet. I really want to go, but I'm sure it's glorious. And also you think of Castaway Key, you know, the Disney Island, it's not really focused on anything Disney movie or character specific. It's just an awesome beach in the Bahamas and they Disneyfy it, you know? So why yeah. couldn't they do a, a mountain ski resort and just put their touch on everything? I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think Park City, Utah has a lot of potential. <laughs> and, yeah. and part of why I say that is that anytime that you pick a place for a park you have to staff it right and you have to have people that buy into disney and in the case of utah my experience so far in living here for a while is that people are gaga for disney mm -hmm. and they spend a good bit of their vacation dollars doing disney things and so the idea that they could very easily support that and find let's just say political support for it is um is a very real possibility i think that it, a definitely a more alani style where it is a resort not a theme park would work but wh why i think it works is that people don't have to see it just as a ski only resort park city has a lot of other things that happen all year round and that's just happens to be one of the seasons but people pay premium money for these curated ex experiences from disney yeah. and in the case of park city people are used to that people are used to going to park city and having that it's only a half an hour to 45 minutes away from the, the major airport so is, is is that close enough well it's it's close enough sure there's a I lot mean, of land out there to develop too absolutely you know i mean up especially uh yeah it, it, well and for our listeners you know uh shelly is not a Utahan at this point, uh, uh, but the rest of us now live in Utah. We're we're all transplants, as it were, um, and a lot of the collective does live in Utah. Although we have people kind of all over. I guess Bryce is out in California, and but uh, but Utah loves. To your point, Utah loves Disneyland so much that there's a joke. There's a running joke. We have what's called UEA Weekend in. Mm -hmm. uh, in Utah, which is the Utah Educators Association, and it's like the half the state goes to Disneyland that weekend. Mm -hmm. We've gone half of them hunt and half of them go to Disneyland. Yes, that's a good point. Yes, <laughs> half hunt and half go to Disneyland. It's a good point. And in fact, we've gone for UEA weekend a few times, and I've heard several acronyms instead of Utah Education Association. Uh, Utah emigrates to Anaheim. Mm -hmm. was one that I had heard and Utah enjoying Anaheim. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's there. Are so, but we were, we went and stayed and at our hotel, we were walking through the parking lot. We looking around every other license plate was a Utah plate, you know, it's, and in fact, I remember when I first joined, which thank you for your years of service, but they're not necessary anymore. The um, uh, what was the lines touring plans, when I first joined touring plans, which used to tell you, here's how long the lines are right now or whatever, before Disney had its own app, um, touring plans had a crowd calendar. They still have it. I'll tell you when it's most crowded uh, and when it's not as crowded. They actually would list UEA weekend as a factor for why it was a nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10. Like it was, it was that big of a deal. So I think something in park city. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be awesome to have a ski resort. And to your point, Shelly, I was kind of thinking more of, you know, how do you do it big Disney five, but you're right. They could do it like Alani. I, I mean, I think a lot of people were nervous about what Alani would do to Hawaii, but my understanding of it, and I haven't been there is that they've really embraced it and embraced the culture there. So mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. You could do a frozen theme thing at the resort and, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways that you could, whole disney ip into it because but the the challenge again there is 
is that right now I don't know too many things that Disney does well in cold weather. So they don't have a history of mm, fair point of attractions that are built around cold weather. That being said, that doesn't mean that Imagineers can't do it. It's just outside of the business model. Yeah. And now with, uh, with the power of frozen behind them, I think they can do just about anything, uh, you know, that and frozone. So you could have the snowmakers oh, called, called frozone. So that would be awesome. Well, this has been a great discussion guys. I mean, the truth is we all love the Disney parks. And, and as I mentioned in our group chat, the, the clamor that is unfair to Disney and I'm not a, not just a Disney apologist, I swear, but what's really unfair is people saying, we want the parks to be less crowded. We want to pay less. And oh, by the way, you should pay your employees more. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's as a business guy, I'll just say it's unrealistic. And, and as a Disney stockholder, I don't necessarily want them to do that either. But, you know, something does have to have to give at some point because it, it'll break. And we want as many people to enjoy Disney as possible. But I think this was an awesome discussion. I came up with some great ideas. Skipper Rob, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I always love the idea of expanding the universe. Um, So if we can make it happen here in Dubai, it'd be great. I don't even know if this was a reality, but it's interesting just being able to see the possibilities and uh, something just something disruptive would be even great. Just something that has not been seen. I know they have the model for what has been done, but could they do yeah. something different? And when you said expand the universe, I thought you were going to say something on like the moon. That would have been, There's that. we'll <laughs> do that as well. Rocket to the moon as a reality. It could be awesome. Well, this has been fantastic uh, to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, this week, if you enjoyed the show and you could share it with someone who is also a uh, crazy Disney person like the rest of us, we would greatly appreciate it. And the number one thing that helps us for people to find our little podcast is if you could uh, give us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts, Uh, we would really appreciate it. And so until next time, on behalf of Skipper Rob, who is across the world, in Dubai right now, Nick at night and C. Shelley. I've been Sean. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time on the Castle Collective. Thank you.